What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You're listening to New Hill Talks, a podcast for the members and regular attenders of New Hill Church. My name is Michael Meadows. I'm the lead pastor at New Hill Church. I am Gary Fox, one of the pastors at New Hill Church as well. And Mark Sherry, a member. That's right. That's right. In so good standing. In good standing, yeah. Thus far. Yes, thus so far. far. So good. So uh, just a disclaimer. We are outside today. You may hear some background noise, but it is. We're recording on Tuesday, so if you can recall back to this day, it's it's beautiful. So we're not sitting downstairs in a smoky basement at the Cigar Lounge. We're sitting outside enjoying tractors going by and uh, just the beautiful weather. So bear with us. Um, Guys, Sunday was awesome. Mm, Amen. That was a great Sunday. I mean, that was a great – Easter is always great, but, man, it was just – so many new faces, and I felt like there was a good, um, a good spirit. In other words, there wasn't a lot of formality. It was, I feel like people were encouraged, and they were. I felt I the presence of the Lord was there in a very unique way. It was Absolutely. exciting. Ben Ben thought I was going to kill him though when I grabbed that microphone. Yeah, I sent Gary, you the link. Gary got concerned for you, man. He thought my that. heart stopped. <laughs> so things are built. I little, almost died. Things are built a little <laughs> bit different, but yeah, I mean, like it, it it's an issue. But I couldn't hear you from back there, and I'm like, is I was he trying saying to he tell can't you, hear me? Every, I, I went like this. You can't see me on the microphone, but I was putting my hand down like this, like tell the people to sit down. I thought you were saying you're, you're too quiet. He has forgotten. <laughs> he has forgotten to have people sit down, and we'll have like after service, we'll talk about things. You know how could have went better? I was like, make sure you be. And I thought especially was, with, with baptisms, the, yeah, that like, way everybody, everybody gets a good sit view. down so everybody can see, right? So I start going like this, and he goes, "What?" And he grabs the <laughs> mic. I go, "No, no, no." Let's not do that. Okay. That'd, that'd be quite the way did to that go guy, out, though. Did that guy get shocked just by grabbing it? Yes. Like, that's what... Read that article I sent. See, I mean, what's so weird about that is, like, it, there's no electricity. Like, if you drop it in, it's completely different. Don't get me wrong. But, like, maybe it has to do with, like, that stupid phantom power thing. Yeah, it said it was... Well, in the article it said he touched he touched it to adjust it. He grabbed it to, to move it. Like, basically what you did. And... <laughs> But it says it shocked him. There I was wonder a shock. if he had like put his hand in the water. Could have been. You know what I mean? Like he was sitting there and they were like down at his sides, and then he's like, "Oh, I need to go adjust it." I keep my hands out of the water until I dunk. I forgot that was in 2005, but I so I guess I was planting then, and that maybe that's why it stuck out to me because he was 33 years old, two little Dude, kids. Aubrey hates like just in our hot tub. I'll be like on my phone. <gasps> You're gonna kill us! I'm like, if this phone falls in. It might die, but you will thing. not. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that, but I can hear my wife. You're gonna kill us. <laughs> and I'm like, no. And like, heck, I remember when we had one when I was a kid. My dad would take his iPod out, and his wire from the iPod and to his headphones, it would be kind of dangling in the water. And I'd freak out as a kid, but I'm like, Daddy's gonna kill I know. Us. Yeah, well, I know from experience now too. Like, my dad didn't kill us. Um, zapped us a couple times, but you know, never killed us. Have you been electrocuted? Have either of you been electrocuted? No, I'm so fearful of I've it. Been so like, hard. Yeah. Well, yeah. One time, um, it was actually a good voltage. Um, the workplace we worked in a, I worked in a warehouse selling electrical supplies, ironically. And for some reason, we something fell off the top shelf, hit this lighting light fixture with like the fluorescent bulbs and like the tube lights, and they shattered. And the ballast, like the yeah. wire from the ballast was still hanging down. Again, we worked in an electrical store, like selling these supplies. And for some reason, we let it go dangling for like weeks. And a couple <laughs> times, we'd be climbing shelves, and that wire would touch our ears. And you'd hear someone oh, yeah. fall down <laughs> off the shelf. 
you know, I w- it got me once, but that's I, w- it. I won't say who, but someone that I grew up with bought a really nice, like corporate, like like police taser. Tell yeah, me why it was Caleb. And <laughs> was it Caleb? So we, we would sit, we'd sit around the table, and we would look for opportunities to zap each other. And man, that sent, that sent a jolt through your body. That that well, you that go got down, you. right? I mean, you just seize and go down. Yeah, it depends on where you get hit, but you start to seize up for sure. <laughs> Oh, that's wild. That's wild. Church, we're getting ready to start um, in the the book of Acts this week, too, so I'm really pumped. I would encourage you to go ahead and read the first 11 verses of chapter 1. Really pumped for that. Just coming off of a a great Sunday, celebrating and focusing in a little bit more on Jesus' resurrection. Um, But it didn't just end there. Uh, It did not end there. Uh, Jesus sends the promised Holy Spirit, and we see a lot of things go on, and and we're here today because of the resurrection. Uh, We have hope because of the resurrection. Um, and we have commands um, that are implications because of the resurrection. So make sure you join us uh, this Sunday at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. for that. Uh, we have finished our time in the New City Catechism, and today we wanted to, to take a little bit of time to talk about um, some words from from Paul, and I meant to pull it up. We're going to be, what is it, 1 Corinthians, is it 9? 3 and 6. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 9, 3 and 6? No, no, uh, chapters 3 and 6. You're probably looking at chapter 6 right at the end yeah. for the one you're thinking of. I'm going to go to chapter 6. I'm just going to read this uh, for us real quick. Uh, we hear this thrown around in uh, the church world a lot, uh, This, these two verses, and you'll know exactly what they're thrown out for in just a second. But 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not of your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So, I've got a cigar in my left hand. Yeah, buddy. And I know that typically... Um, but you do have a water. I do have a water. He's drink. hydrating yes. in this sun. And he's not hes not drinking any chemicals. That's right. Artificial sweeteners. That's right. I'm looking at what you guys are drinking. you got a Diet Dew, and then you've got a... Water and suja. Celery water. That sounds very healthy. Celery it's, water. It's disgusting. So that counterbalances the cigar. It does. Okay. Except for that like six level. grams of sugar. Well, just pretend. I, I abstracted that. Prior, Has it so. separated itself? Is that like... All right, Mr. Yes. Mr. Muscle. You got to shake it. That's is gross. is uh, natural sugar like that overall better for your body than artificial sweetener? Yeah, I mean, I... You I think so? I, I do think that sugar from fruits, honey, is... A little bit better. It is better. Um, you know, some of those, like, who, who was the lady years ago? They did an autopsy on her. She drank a, uh, a 12-pack of Diet Pepsi every day. Mm. My mom's she, still around. I don't she, know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till they, they do my her, autopsy. When they cut her body open, there was this thick layer of whatever from the, the artificial sweetener that had <laughs> built up in her body. <laughs> There was so, a layer of aspartame. So, yeah, something like that. So I, I do think that natural sugar, but it's still too, the proverb talks about too much honey is not good for you. Boy, man, you know the word of God, you know that? That's right, man. Every once in a while, you know what right. goes best with honey? Are you going to tell me? <laughs> Locust. <laughs> nice. And this is the summer of the cicadas, so eat away. Um, All you can so, so, Yeah, pretty much. Buffet I mean, there's enough to go around. Anyway. Your body is a temple. And we hear this thrown around for several reasons, and we'll get into that in just a second. Let's contextualize this, this verse. What is being talked about? What is Paul addressing 
in 1 Corinthians 6 leading into this? I'll go ahead and let you all answer, and then I'll, I'll read the scripture leading into it. Because that's important, right? Yeah, it is. Thank you. Well, you know, the Corinthians were... Um, it's easy to criticize them. You know, this is a first-generation church, and the Word of God is not complete, and so forth. And there were a lot of heresies that were springing up and infecting local churches like the church in Corinth. And there began to be a controversy on whether or not, um, kind of like what I preached on a couple weeks ago about whether or not our, our true self is in our inward, you know, our, our spirit. So therefore our body really doesn't matter. And so um, the only thing you need to really concentrate is your inner person and then things like sexual immorality in particular really isn't a, either not a problem at all or it's really not a big deal at all. Um, and so there, there was some that were practicing openly sexually immoral behavior in the Corinthian church. And, of course, Paul catches wind of this and is not happy. No. Verse and it was with religious yeah. connotations, yes. too. They would go to the temple of, what was her name, Artemis, mm -hmm. and there would be female prostitutes that they would join themselves to. It was a... It was a, it was a religious experience for them not just they, they, they would reason they would say a uh, number of different ways they would reason but they would say you know your body has needs and urges because you know it's it's just your shell like hunger so when you're hungry you go eat yeah. and when you're aroused you go to the temple and go to a prostitute it doesn't affect your spirituality because that's your inner person and that was mm. the dispute and that may sound extreme in our day, uh, at least in conservative churches, but you can understand back then, you know, this is they're going through this stuff for the first time. Well, where's Corinth also? Corinth is in, uh, is it in Greece? Turkey? Yeah. Or, um, that's Ephesus. It's in that, it's, it's by Turkey and mm -hmm. that, that area, somewhere right. around there. So, I mean, even contextually, like, their culture is very driven. And they're pagan. They're coming yeah. out of paganism. So, um, yeah, so here down to, to verse uh, 15, you can go even further, but I'll pick up in verse 15. It gives us enough context to understand 19 and 20. Um, but 15 says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So contextually speaking, this passage is dealing with prostitutes. There's something to be said about your body um, being a temple and glorifying God with your body. Interesting, though, even as I read that, and I'll open this up for discussion and understand, listeners, uh, this is a open, like, raw discussion. Like, we're just, we don't edit, so we're just talking. Um, if you don't hear this, then um, it was edited and probably just deleted. Um, but if not, then here you go. This is us talking about God's Word. It says here uh, two things I'll throw out just for fun because uh, I know you guys will love this. He who uh, goes with a uh, prostitute is joined with her in one body. Is this marriage? No. What is it? Sexual union. 
Sexual union. Is there yes. a difference between marital union and sexual union? There is. <laughs> one is within the context of marriage, and one is not. <laughs> It's <laughs> one's marriage, one's hooking up. Um, I, I would so he's say not telling that, them that they've become married to these prostitutes, right? Which um, there are some strange. No, he's not saying that. But what he is saying is that you are. Sex is part of the the union in marriage. That's how it. You know, so you are. It's like you're. Um, how do I put this without saying that you're married to them? Like you're participating with them in an act of marriage, mm-hmm. like a marital act, and, and it's not superficial. Something is beyond just the physical is happening. There's a which, union. Yeah, there is some, in some sense, a union, right? And, and it's not just physical. Um, and in our day, you know, that's what people think is it's just sex, you know, whatever. It's casual. Um, but Paul is saying that, that no, you do become one flesh with them. Like you, you are. There is some sort of union that is that is only to be reserved for marriage, and you're participating. You're mixing these two things, and it's uh, and it's a sin. Well, if you, if you look at the language that Paul uses, you know, I think we can liken it to the way that members are uh, or b- bodies are members of Christ. So there's a union with us and Christ. So whatever sense in which that union is between us and Christ, he's saying that taking your body to a prostitute is making your body a member of that prostitute. So there is a spiritual, physical... Kind of dynamic, yeah. Yeah, some, something maybe even deeper than, than both of those in a sense, or a word that I'm not capturing properly, that you become united to them in yeah. a way that we are united Christ in a sense. Yeah, I mean, it might go into... What um, R.C. Sproul says is a disputed verse as far as trying to understand it. But verse 18 um, it says, Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Yeah. Care to elaborate? Hmm. That's a tough verse, man. That is tough. So yeah. is this the only sin that affects our body? No. No, I, you know, there's, it's been a while since I've looked at the, the views, the various views out there, but, um, yeah, you can, you can chop your arm off and it, it affects your body. Um, but when you, when you unite with someone in that way, there are lasting ramifications to your body on both sides, right. aside from just children. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. <laughs> Certainly, there's there's ways to sin against your body. If you do something to defile your body, um, in any in any sense, um, would be sinning against it in in a certain sense. But I, I do think that Paul is making the distinction that that physical union, the fornication, um, does create not just a um, it creates some kind of spiritual connection there, but also a physical one that you'll never get out of your head. You'll never. It'll, it'll, it will, you'll carry it with you in a unique way, I believe. Right. Um, I'm going to read this note. Um, it says the meaning, this is from R.C. Sproul in the Reformation Study Bible. He says the meaning of this passage is disputed. There seem to be many sins that are against the body. Nevertheless, in Paul's teachings, the physical union involved in sexual immorality has special consequences because it interferes with our Christian identity as people who have been united with Christ through the Holy Spirit. 
it is perhaps significant that Paul's prohibition in this verse is expressed in the same way as the command against idolatry in chapter 10, verse 14, um, that reads, therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. So talking about, all right, so there are other sins that affect the body. And it, this gets pretty hardcore, but I mean, you start dealing with your virginity, you start dealing with purity, and you don't get it back. And maybe that's something also that he's alluding to, that it's once it's gone, it, it is gone. That doesn't mean you can't be forgiven, um, but it does. But it, but the reality is the reality of it, and that you're forever marked now. You can't go get a first-time homebuyer loan after you've already bought a home. No, and maybe. I know that you can get another loan, but I mean, have you heard people say that you know you can have a second virginity? Is that concept even biblical? Yeah, I think I think there's a sense in which you know the church is called the virgin bride of Christ. So in redemption, you can be renewed and remade in such a way that your sin is taken care of. In Revelation, the 144,000 didn't know women. I don't think that means they didn't know women. I think that they were just pure in Christ. Um, you don't believe that they're virgin? I do not, no. Because no. uh, I think, yeah, I think that represents the, the church as a whole, but another discussion. Yeah. Yes. So dealing with other sins of the body, um, this passage is thrown out for uh, two particular things um, that I can think of. Maybe you guys have some other ones, uh, but tattoos and particularly smoking. Uh, do you have any tattoos, Gary? That one right there. <laughs> right there on the leg side where I'm like is that, looking. Is that the new Daffy Duck one you got on your yeah. buttocks? Yeah. Okay. On my so, lower back. So the three of us are <laughs> the three of us are tatted. Have we sinned against our body? Because if you did it for the dead. Okay, so Leviticus nineteen twenty eight is there that? we go. So so what kind of tattooing is sinful? Like why is it talk about it in the Bible? Um, and how should we begin to understand tattoos that are not sinful? Well, you got to first establish that they're not sinful. And I think that there probably could be a good argument that they are, that you're, that you're scarring your body, even if it's done um, skillfully, that you're scarring your body and you're injecting it with, what is it? I don't even know what's in that, dye? Ink. Ink, yeah. Um, it's certainly not a um, historically, if you want to say Christian practice, that's, it definitely comes out of paganism. And so growing up in a fundamentalist kind of a background and if you guys pick up on kind of where I come from things I don't immediately just toss everything the fundamentalists said and thought right out the window right I, I, I don't I think sometimes maybe they go overboard here and there but maybe they have a point on that so that's not something I don't I don't think that we should just quickly just to just say leave it you know remove it right off the table it's absolutely not a sin it's totally totally fine I think it depends on why you're doing it what it is um, who you're trying to impress? What do you? All of these things that have to do with appearances and maybe status, or uh, do they have some kind of um, symbolic meaning to you? So it's I don't know if even that is just a cut and dry answer. Um, if you want a cut and dry answer, I guess I would say that it is it is not necessarily a sin, um, but it might be. I, I think I think uh, and and my background's a little different. But I know when I got my tat my first tattoos at 17, 18, whatever it was, it was done out of pride and status. It was not done out of any kind of 
good motive for me personally and I actually got religious tattoos. I wanted to get something that I wouldn't regret, which I immediately regretted upon conversion. Get the theology police coming to get you right now. <laughs> yeah. Here they come. Yeah. You're the fundamentalists. They, they, they know what I'm about to say. Uh, and then, you know, having studied Leviticus 19:28, and you shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, you know, I, I looked into it, and I think that someone can get a tattoo with the proper motives and i've gotten tattoos since that with my wife um but again the motive why do i why am i doing this it's it's typically i want to say just in general it's for pride it's it's not it's to exalt oneself to look cool right and again there's nothing wrong with looking cool or you know i've getting your hair my whole life <laughs> every day i wake up in the morning <laughs> Lord, I'm looking pretty cool. You know, because then, then how far do you take that? Can you not get haircuts because they look cool and you want to look right. good and presentable? Right. I think there's a fashionable, proper way to do it, but I think plenty of people do out of wrong motive. You know, I went to, I went to a restaurant one time, and a, um, this group of, honest to God, it had to have been six or seven Eastern Orthodox, and I don't know what the title was, if they were priests or I don't know if they have monks or what, but they had robes on. And guys, I'm just telling you right now, they smelled the high heaven. I, I, I couldn't get over how bad that table stunk. And I went, and I have an Eastern Orthodox friend. I'd sweat pretty bad in a robe, too. And I said, I said, I have to ask you this, because there is no way that that is just an accident. Why did they smell like that? And he told me that many of their, I don't know if sex is the right word, but like groups will take on vows of, like, not bathing or not doing anything mm. that will... Um, um, Alter the, the that bodies. Will, yeah, or, or that will exalt their body. Like, will, will, like they want to be humble. You know what I'm saying? And I looked at him and I said, dude, I, you know, is that what that means? It's just an extreme version yeah. of what you're asking. It's like, is bathing okay? Is ladies doing your hair okay? Is putting yep. on makeup yep. okay? Um, where do you, I mean, do we have to be like those monks or whatever they were that just did not bathe? They clothed in the most meek, you know, clothing because you're supposed to be clothed. Um, or is it just whatever, just if you got it, flaunt it. Where's, how, how does a Christian navigate that? Well, I mean, I think like one, like within marriage, you like want to like look good for your spouse. Like there's a sense of like even flirting based off of your style and appearance and you know like a lot of mine like yeah like I care about my appearance but I care more about like am I like looking presentable for my wife and like that changes for us I mean like times change my threads change like she just wants hey what about this shirt or whatever right so I think like I think stuff like that's important even smelling good like and I don't know if those guys are married. I would assume not. Um, Most definitely not. I, I would doubt it. Although they want, unless the women are also taking that vow of smelling and not shaving their armpits. Is he, he, like, right? Is it sinful for ladies to shave their legs? So let's not get into that. Uh, it's sinful to not shave. Your, no, I'm, kidding, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Ladies, chill. No, um, we're kidding. We're kidding. We're kidding. Um, no, I mean those are all like really good questions. Um, you know, to the tat- they deal with the body. Yeah, because. The, t- the tattoo question is um, is solid. And I think, you know, you really got to ask yourself the motivation for, like, yeah, why you're getting one. I-, I plan on getting another one here soon, too. 
Um, and yeah, you too. Are okay. you? Are you really? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Come in the back again. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. So, uh, for me, um, it's a representation. I'll just go ahead and tell you guys like what the tattoo is going to be. It's going to be like a half dead heart, and some flowers are coming out of it that are dead, and then the other ones are alive. Um, so that's, uh, you know. Jesus has given my dead heart life. He's brought it uh, to life. You see my tattoo? Um, yeah. And then... Yeah, Trinity symbol? Yeah, like it's it. an icon. The flowers uh, coming out of it will be... Um, life? There. So I had uh, my sister-in-law, Krista, do this, and she made them... Each flower is, like, representative of my daughter's birth month hmm. and then um, mine and Aubrey's wedding anniversary month. So there's also meaning to it also behind the flower uh, that represents my family. Um, but you know, I feel like in good conscience, you know, I'm not worshiping the dead with that, and it's not a, a cool factor. Um, my wife thinks it's cool, so that's great. Brownie points for me, um, but not like trying to get any like sex appeal here in Medina, like right. walking around like I'm the pastor that's tatted and feels like I can invite people to church now because I've got some ink, you know? Right. You can relate. Cool. Look how relatable I am. It's a gospel presentation, though. What's your tattoo mean? Well, it means yeah, that, you I, know. That's uh, the two on my back. I have the five solas on the one shoulder and then alpha and omega on the other and i want people to ask me what does that mean that's why i wear shirts with you know right. like righteous wretch what does that mean well, uh-huh. simul et peccator you know i'm both simultaneously righteous and sinful through the imputation of christ like now it. that's one so so the tattoo issue um it seems like we've concluded that it's it's much more of a, a motivation issue as to what's going on there are you what are about, you going to step in hold on is Jesus going to come back tatted? Yeah, he is. Okay. Written on his how, thigh. How do we interpret Revelation is the fundamental question. Pretty literal. <laughs> <laughs> what's his tattoo? King of kings and lord of lords. That's right. right. Down his thigh. All right, what's your what's the next place you want to go? I just so I wanted to the, point that out. Like, do the 144,000 have tattoos on their foreheads? You're, go ahead, Gary. Don't <laughs> answer that. Just go to the next thing. <laughs> That's an interesting question. Or the mark of the beast. With Turn with me to the book of Revelation <laughs> to check <laughs> Oh boy, I, I believe that the two witnesses are uh, the church, interesting, and Israel and redeemed Israel. Okay, okay. Uh, for a number of reasons. So I don't know. There may be figureheads. Yeah, you know. But anyway, so we all have different. Yeah. Oh, things. everybody. But um, what about so? I think that we can all agree on that. And it does seem that, that our conclusion there is pretty concrete with our understanding of scripture. What it was talking about marking your body for the dead and so forth, where they that was a pagan practice where they thought they were keeping Uncle Louie alive and his spirit was now I'm now absorbing his spirit or whatever. You know, that all paganism. But what about something like cigarette smoking? Where you're doing something that you know that the Bible or that uh, science has taught us uh, is highly cancerous and is um, can cause all kinds of uh, addictions and those sorts of things. That seems to be a different issue because it's not just, in other words, there's nothing physiological that I'm aware of typically that are at least high risk of a tattoo causing uh, malformity in your body or giving you mental illness or giving you emphysema or giving you a heart attack. That's one thing. But what about things that do? So, um, my answer, and it's not so cut and dry as, as you all will hear as we, we talk and hash this out. Um, my take would be that smoking... Smoking um, what? 
First of all, what are we talking about? Well, one, we're we're smoking cigars. So understand, again, we're going to hash it out. I don't think smoking cigars, cigarettes is sinful. Um, Now, there's a huge difference, and we could could get into that now. Uh, You could just come and ask us what the difference is um, between cigars and cigarettes. Um, Mark can even break down, like, chemicals and stuff that are in cigarettes. Premium cigars, they've done studies on, and whether or not you agree with me on the studies. Through the they, FDA. Yeah, through the FDA, um, that there's nearly zero risk um, for cancer at even smoking a couple cigars a day. Now, we know that cigars are, it's a lot more than just a cigarette. As far as nicotine content, like even even I think, times. Yeah, so, um, so my answer flat answer um and again we'd have to like talk about like why you're smoking and stuff um is i would say that it's specifically to that verse and even scripture is it's not sinful to smoke cigars or cigarettes now i do have an issue with with cigarettes um in the sense of what they bring out of people or like you know like addiction um you know going through packs a day um and if you are listening to this and you're like feeling convicted understand i'm, I'm saying it, it brings out a side like we're you've got to have it, you know, like people who get smoke breaks. I remember working um, back in West Virginia and we would get two 15s and then a 30 minute lunch. Um, 30 minute lunch wasn't paid, but your two 15s, you know, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, they were paid. You just go and just relax for a second. Now the smokers um, got a lot more breaks. Oh yeah. No, seriously. And it was, they they need to have it. And there's a huge problem there within like self-control, addiction, um, that needs to be addressed, and I think like if you can answer that and say like, yeah, I can't go a day without it. I mean, you could even mark point them to some alternatives. Yeah, I, you know, they I, don't smell as bad either. I, I I smoked for years prior to being converted. And I'll just be candid. I, you know, I, I told the guys beforehand that I'll I'll have a cigarette maybe four times a year, just at the end of the quarter. Maybe I'm. Now, with someone who's smoking or you know so i i personally like that ben don't... affleck photo where he's like that's that's pretty need, much i need me. a drag yeah. <laughs> it wasn't great yeah you know, I, I i don't i don't mind it. however it is highly addictive and once once you are addicted to not just the nicotine but the over 400 chemicals that are in it all the carcinogens and everything that i mean there's one thing for sure uh like my mom's a nurse and she worked in in healthcare and she saw people with emphysema just turn like they call them the yellow people yeah they've been smoking a pack of cigarettes two packs of cigarettes a day for 30 40 years you're gonna get lung cancer it's it's inevitable at some point now you have your anomaly you have your you know hundred year old who's been smoking unfiltered nicotine or <laughs> unfiltered c- cigarettes for since 80 he was years, eight years old since he was eight yep and he's blowing out his candle with a you know a single cigarette on it yeah um, so you you have anomalies of course but as a whole cigarettes are probably gonna end up killing you and it's it's a public health crisis and I've noticed a lot Lot less people smoking and I'm I'm an avid enthusiast for for vaping I know people who smoked I got them switched on to vaping it's significantly healthier yes we don't know the long-term effects of it but I'll guarantee you according to all the studies that it's at least 95% healthier um, so you could you can actually at the gas station get these little nicotine pouches uh, I'll, t- I'll take one every once in a while uh, I enjoy it nicotine stimulates thought so I, th- I think you can certainly use God's good gifts on this earth. Uh, but if you are craving and you cannot go without anything, 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 and it, food, like 
You know, another topic that's mixing this is, is food and the kind of processed food. I'm addicted to sugar and carbs, and that's not a good thing. So I tried to go back to the drawing board and get a new diet, but um, yeah, being addicted is just not, you don't want to be dependent on something you don't have to be dependent on. You know, like even they have pain management. If, if they give you pain pills, you get a surgery. Yeah, you need the pain pills. You need them for that short period of time. And then if you continue on them, you will get addicted. And that's oh, yeah. how a lot of people are on heroin now is they start with pain pills. Right. Okay. You know, mom, yeah, just, you know, soccer moms get a surgery, whatever. And, and right. they, they can't get it. And guess what? They can find heroin somehow. Yep. So. And that is how that happens. Yeah. I mean, almost oh, yeah. always. Almost always. Nobody just goes like, hey. Yeah, give me a hit of heroin. Give me some black tar heroin. <laughs> right. I mean, you don't start there. Here, here's, so, okay. I agree with everything that was just said. I, I really do. I do think, though, that there is, like, pastorally, when you're counseling with somebody, I, I first of all, I've never had anybody tell me, I'm, I'm, I'm a, when I say smoker, I mean a cigarette smoker, and I'm, I'm good with it, and I don't want to quit. It's like every time I talk to somebody, I want to quit, I want to quit. Yes. Like, in other words, I don't have very many testimonies from people that are having, you know, that, that it's been a blessing to them, that their cigarette smoking is a blessing to them. It's been a real positive thing in their life. So, and we do know, it, it's indisputable that it is, it is not healthy. Right. I mean, it is, not only is it not healthy, but it is um, unhealthy. Like, it... it damages your lungs it damages your heart um, and all sorts of things and problems not even dealing with just the addiction part of it which has so, a lot less to do with the tobacco oh I mean, it's the chemicals so, yeah so, those so that's, chemicals. so that's the difference i mean just point right. that out go ahead so for whatever the reason is right. it's it doesn't end well cigarette smoking is not something that people want to pick up like in their 40s like you know i'm gonna give this a shot you know it's 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 negative and, and it's a negative for a reason. So, there's a lot of things that I would say pastorally that are not cut and dry in the Bible. Flat out says, and you can make an ironclad case is sinful. But, the practical implications of them are unwise. And so you should avoid it, I would say. So, for example, if somebody, is, does, is there anywhere in the Bible that it says that it would be sinful to sell everything you have, okay? And empty out your kids' college fund that you've started, and give it all to the church. And you are going to go live in the woods with your wife, and you're going to you're going to build her a shelter and this and that. The Bible does not say not to do that, right? But I, if you came to me and said that, I would say don't do that. That is unwise. It doesn't it doesn't make sense. It seems silly. It seems extreme it's it doesn't seem reasonable to do something like that and so i to me the thing with the cigarette smoking falls into that kind of a category like don't do that don't start that don't don't get off of it if you can because of the potential for cancer that is that is high risk it's mm -hmm. not a minimal risk high risk um the addictive nature of it, and so so on and so forth. There's all of these practical reasons why it would seem to indicate that it's a sin to to even go there. Don't 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 sit, don't put your foot like don't put your hand in a blender, you know, and then hope that thing doesn't rip your hand off. You know, it's like don't just don't do it. Just stay away from it. And and how many people do you know that started 
then stopped and they've given up 30 times in the last year. I mean, most of the smokers I know, they're like you said, they're trying to quit and they just can't get to that point. Uh, honestly, I, I will just, I'll give another plug for vaping. Um, it is a very seamless transition from smoking cigarettes to vaping and you will be so much more appreciative. Your lung capacity will regain. For sure, your, it's your, water vapor, right? Yeah, it's well, it's different. It's like different vitamins and stuff. But the, uh, vitamin the, e. the substance of yeah. it is a liquid, right? It's a liquid, right? Right. Um, you know, and and so I, I guess my, my whole point is, if if you have not tried vaping, don't get those little jewels, the fifth, you know, the the one the teenagers are doing. Get a real vape that has some strong vape to it, and just just try it. You know, yeah. give your cigarettes to me. I'll smoke them over the next ten years, <laughs> and uh, you know, one a year or so. But yeah, vape, vaping is really, to me, the easiest. I've seen so many people transition from cigarette smoking to vaping, and it wasn't an issue. It smells good too. It smells delicious. So yeah, it, like, when you try to make a principle out of things where you're saying your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, we just read it, don't do something that's unhealthy, that you know is unhealthy, I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that because your body is supposed to display the glory of God. We're supposed to show appreciation for our body. Our bodies matter. That's Paul's whole point, is that your body does matter. But, if you're going to go that route and be hard about it, then you need to understand that cigarette smoking is not the worst thing that people are doing with their bodies. Um, and if we're going to be health conscious for the glory of God, you can't just say, uh, and point your finger at cigarettes and say, well, I'm 500 pounds, and but I don't smoke because smoking is sinful, and you're eating five or six thousand or eight thousand calories a day, and act like, well, everybody has to eat. Well, yeah, no kidding, everybody has to eat. But that is also, I would say, sinful. It becomes gluttony, which is clearly defined in Scripture. Um, but but if you're overweight, it's not okay. You need to fight against it. If, especially if you're going to take this tone about cigarettes. But you, you rarely will hear that kind of thing in churches, especially Baptist churches. Well, they, they encourage the gluttony with the potlucks and the jokes. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm glad you... Because that, that consistency, I've, I've heard stories about, you know, a guy seeing a, a pastor, you know, he just picked up some McDonald's and he's got this big burger in his hand, grease dripping down it, and he came to rebuke, rebuke the pastor for smoking a cigar. <laughs> it's like... You know, there's there's some there's some double standard hypocrisy here. Right. Let's, so be, con let's be, be consistent. consistent. Yeah. Right. Which is why I lean into the context of that passage to understand it's talking about sexual immorality. Um, though we can and should understand the scriptures that our body is a temple, we should take care of it. But there's risk factor in everything, especially here in the United States. I mean, it's very tough, um, even financially, to to stick to the healthiest of diets. You know what I mean? So. Um, I mean, a lot of the stuff we get so processed that, like, you eat something and, like, yeah. the, your basic, you know, sandwich these days is, like... Well, look at this diet that Mountain Dew that I'm drinking. All the chemicals that is in there. Yeah. Is that okay? Right. So, I mean, and gluttony particularly, I mean, so, like, we're, we're drawing the line. It's, like, I mean, you're... Yeah, don't get me wrong. You go to a buffet every now and then. But, like, there's this lifestyle of, like, gluttony that's, right. like, a huge issue. It's just, like... And I'll tell you guys, I'll be honest, um, where I found myself a few years ago before, you know, losing some weight was eating. And then, like, I even remember now, like, talking back, like, with Aubrey about it. I would cough. I would, like, after I'd eat, I'd, like, 
cough and for like 30 minutes or so and like now looking back i think i overate every time and i think my stomach was like there's no room in here no more and you know like i didn't feel like you know i'm gonna throw up but like didn't feel good let me say this too as far as gluttony you get big and overweight through gluttony i can't imagine there any be any other way but once you're big and overweight you can actually like don't automatically assume if somebody is way overweight that they're still gluttonous your body screws up when you get big like that and so have grace and don't automatically judge somebody because you don't know they may be eating healthier than you and in a more controlled manner than you but you may never have went that path that they that they took to get themselves there but they may be fighting like you know what to get out of it um the issue with gluttony really is like what like as as excess and trying to literally satisfy yourself with with food or with drink um and not with the lord but it has it definitely has ramifications of health and it'll end up killing you as well but um let, let me ask you i want to ask you guys this now i think the law in ohio just changed to 21 for cigarettes right yeah a while, a while ago all tobacco you can't buy cigarettes vapes and really they're I don't know how true this is, but I was reading that the big reason was to get these kids in high school off of vape. Because, you know, you had 18-year-olds buying these jewels for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, like, one of their big you pushes for, like, a, vape you and fit, everything. Can you, put, can you put other stuff in a vape? Yeah. Yeah, you, it's can, not, you can smoke weed out of a vape. Okay, that's what I thought. Right? Like yeah. CBD? Yeah, Tell us, Mark. Oh, can no, you no, 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 weed out of a vape? No. It, All right, hold on. Hold on. I, hold on, let me clarify. I'm asking Mark because... Mark and Gary both do a lot of research. Um, I do too, but like these guys like study things that like a lot of us maybe not being mean guys don't nerdy. care about. A bit and but it, it it's it's good to have this information here. So not that Mark's like vaping weed out. Can you smoke but, crack, Mark, out of a vape? Probably. You okay. can probably free base. But no, there are different types of vapes. <laughs> so like those little jewel ones, the kids are so disgusting. they look like a USB. I, I tried it once. It's like fifty milligrams of nicotine. I almost threw up. I mean, it was like condensed potent like it was disgusting um i say start with three or six milligram but uh yeah depends on the vape you can pretty much put any kind of a lot of people are actually making their own uh vape juice and there were like four deaths last year from people who used the wrong chemicals don't um, do that yeah. yeah don't do that don't make your own just buy it don't be cooking it in the in the bathtub or whatever <laughs> oh, vape lab <laughs> vape, vape la- meth so what lab. was your question so, let me ask, so okay back in my day it was 18 and i think in my dad's day oh yeah, i don't even know if it age. was any date at all but let's say we had let's say the just take the laws out of it right say we had a 16 or 17 year old or 18 year old kid come to us and tell us that they have been dabbling and fooling around with cigarettes. Okay. How, how as pastors should we respond to that? Should we say, well, that's okay. Or should we tell them, stop it? No, I mean, I, I'm a libertarian, so like, I don't like the law anyway. But um, that law, I, I like, I like yeah, I like, yeah, I like, you know. I'm an anarchist. No, I like law and order, but not the show. Um <laughs> Law and order is good. We need it. But law um, and order. I can't really take law out of it because it's like I think you I think you should wait. I think you should follow the law. I think it's good. Take the law out of it. I don't take, think you can. But I would do it so anyways, let's say, I would, let's I would say do it the it same legal. the same with a sixty year old as I would a sixteen year old. Um like what is your motivation for smoking? Are you addicted? Like 
same things. Like you can like walk through it. Like one, you're saying he's coming to us. Yeah, saying like, is this bad? Should I do this or not? And take the law out of it. In a hypothetical situation, I would say just give him a premium don't, cigar. Don't, don't do that. Yeah, don't, I would don't say do don't it. do it. Now, can, can I throw a monkey wrench in here? Because I, I think we'd all agree. Hey, probably you know you're young. Don't get addicted. Right. Here's a premium cigar. Here's a vape. But I, I have a pastor friend who was counseling a guy who was at the end of his life. He decided to, he was a longtime smoker, decided to give up smoking. And he was so unbearable. His wife of like 30 years was ready to divorce him. She's been with him for over 30 years. And because he quit smoking, he's so unbearable. And I think the guy might have had lung cancer or something. And the pastor said, look, don't. Just keep smoking. You're gonna die anyway. So the, I you're think you're a dead man walking. I, I think there are exceptions, but they're not the norm. The normative rule is yes. Let's avoid people away f- from harmful practices and direct them towards either good or less harmful practices. Right. I mean, we're not really designed to imbibe all those chemicals. It's n- just not how our bodies are made. Right. That's yeah. I mean, so think. like, I here's the thing too, guys. I don't like influence anybody to smoke cigars. Um, right. There's a Except risk. There's a risk factor. No, you do that. Uh, <laughs> there's a risk factor um, I with it one. for sure. Um, but like you look at like how significant the one risk is compared to the other, and I'd say it's nearly nil. Again, we can talk about that. But with cigars, yeah. yeah. Um, but again, my biggest issue with with cigarettes would be um, the addictive nature nature of it. Of it. Yeah. Um, because I, you know, I'd, I'd question people like, are you like Mark? Where you like every now and then, once a quarter, you know, like knock off the edge, you know, you're having one. Not, it's not really the case. Honestly, Mark, you're the only person I'm, I've met that has even said that. Yeah. Um, but you also have vape. Like, so, yeah. so you're yeah. getting, like, you, you I, enjoy I, nicotine. I, I, I know a couple, couple folks who have that mentality, but it's because as a whole, like, something. yeah, if they drink. I, I think cigarettes are personally very disgusting. I'm repulsed by the smell. Um, of course, I do it occasionally. And it's not just an addictive. It's, it's not just a problem just because it's addictive. If it was good for you, there'd be nothing wrong with it if it was addictive. It's the fact that it's at the high, high risk. Like, people just don't make it past a certain age. Right. You're shaving years off your life unnecessarily. Exercise can become addictive where, yeah. where, where your body... It produces natural, what, endorphins and right. all the right. testosterone and things like that. Your body will begin to crave it. Um, it and then it, it, that will go away. But, but yeah, even an athlete can um, have an addiction, quote-unquote, or feel a, an urge that is, that's one that's healthy. They get depressed if they don't get right. their fix of exercise. I'm going to go jog. It's like you guys must be addicted to something to want to go jog. Can I, can I do a shameless plug for, you know, when Michael and Gary talked about the temple, I, I immediately think of the big picture, and I know I've mentioned it before, but the temple is a huge motif in scripture, and you have the garden itself being on a hill or a mountain, and it is the temple of God, and the intention prior to the fall was for that temple to spread and inhabit the entire earth and for all of God's people to be priests, because Adam was a priest. Right. He was meant to protect Eve, you know, cultivate the garden. And so when sin came into the world, we really did need a high priest who would sacrifice himself for us. But you have that motif of 
you know, the Ark being a, a, a possible archetype of a temple. You then have the tabernacle, the temple, and it's growing and growing, Ezekiel's temple. And then by the time you get to Revelation, you have this massive, massive temple. Right. And you don't really need a temple because the Lord God is the temple. Right. He, you know, we as the church, we are the fulfillment of a lot of that temple. Jesus, and, and the reason we are the fulfillment, so to speak, well, is because Christ himself is the temple. He said, tear this temple down and raise it up in three days. So, you know, the fact, I think there's a corporate nature of the temple too. When you, like I was reading the King James Version, ye are the temple of God, it's the plural, right? right? So yes, our bodies are temples of God individually. We should not go. God, the Holy Spirit dwells in each of us. But as a church, as New Hill and beyond the, the universal or Catholic, lowercase Catholic church, we are the temple of God that God dwells in us. And whoever destroys God's temple, the church, Corinthians three, uh, God's going to destroy that person. So yeah. there, there's there's coming a day where, you know, these temples will be renewed, and we will be within the temple, who is the Lamb, as as priests and kings of God, um, in full measure, and we won't have to struggle with these things. But until right. that time, we have to act as priests in our temples to cleanse them, not just as individuals. But, you know, heads of household, fathers with their children, uh, protect your wives, you know, uh, pastors protecting their churches. Like there, there is a temple aspect to all of life. And we are priests of God commissioned to go and cleanse and cultivate and grow and protect and all those things. So. Yeah, that's good. Any final remark, Gary? No, I mean, we, we are, the, as the body of Christ, we are, in each individual is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so... We're to, we're to think like that. When we think about our bodies, it does matter mm-hmm. how we behave, what we do with our bodies. If you're going to go with a, uh, you know, commit fornication, you're either fornicating with another temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not just you, you but they, them or a potential temple of the Holy Spirit. And so we need to see things that way. We need to think of things that mm-hmm. way. It's been a conviction of mine to try to get back into shape and, and, and those sorts of things because we are to be holy. Right. And and defilement and all of those sorts of things need to be something that we um, seek to avoid. Yeah. So understand the context of the passage, but also understand our bodies are a temple. We should care about what we put into it. Um, but labeling things as sinful, especially without good application, I think it's has been a detriment to the church for such a long time. It's, yeah, and it's led people double in. standards. Yeah, exactly. All right, church, we hope that this podcast helped you to put Jesus in the perspective. If you have questions about this podcast or about a relationship with Jesus, please email us at engage at newhilloh.com, and we'll reach out to you or answer your questions through blogging, through a podcast, or reaching out if that's what it takes, however we can help you grow. All right, church, go honor God in all that you do, observe the things he's commanded, provide to the needs of others, and extend the offer that's been extended to you. Peace. Godspeed. Boom.